Welcome in. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. We are uh, glad you're on board today. Everybody on the network, the growing and great network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. We appreciate you being here over the air. If you're watching us over on YouTube, thank you for joining us as well. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for being here. If you're uh, watching us on Kick TV, on Twitch TV, if you're watching on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live, if you're watching on LinkedIn Live, whatever it happens to be, Thanks for being here today, as always, on this bright, sunny day that's still bitterly cold outside, but uh, a few more days to go, and then we're going to start to climb out of the deep freeze. Uh, the good news, I guess, when you talk about the freeze is, is that all the ice fishermen now can uh, drag the shanties out and feel safe and secure in going out on the ice, albeit next week we're going to be in the mid-40s and rain, so I don't know how long you're going to want to keep them out there, but... Uh, I know that they're trying to groom snowmobile trails and such, and the ski hills up north are finally starting to get it together, and they've uh, produced enough snow to be able to have a little bit of a pack and start to open up some of the snow hills. So so we, we shall see if uh, Mother Nature takes it all the way in one fell swoop next week. So What's, what's wild about skiing, Bill, is so a lot of the hills around here, they're used to making snow, right, like Mount Lacrosse yep. or Granite Peak or like if you go up towards the cities by Afton. But there's places in the UP. I had some friends that were going to go to Mount Bohemia last week. They had like a four-day weekend plan. There's no right. snow up there. And those places don't have snow because what when have they ever needed to make snow up near Lake right. Superior in the UP? Right. But there's been no snow up there really up until this week. And maybe we lose it next week. But a lot of these right. places are just waiting, dying for snow. Yep. Uh, we've got the uh, our friends at Pine Mountain. Uh, I just talked to Barb, uh, what was it, Monday, and she said, yeah, they took a beating uh, in, in, you know, they they were losing money like crazy in December because normally December you have cold and you have snow, and if not, they make their own, and that will usually over the break, the holiday break, they ha- it's it's sold out, and they had to refund all that money because, you know, what? why are you going there? You can't play golf on the golf course. That's closed, and you can't, you know, snow ski. You can't even snowmobile. They don't have any snow, so – uh, they had a lot of people cancel uh, over at Four Seasons. They're always they're always crowded, but uh, yeah, a lot of people canceled because they couldn't snow uh, snow ski. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a really weird kind of bizarre bizarre year. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I get it. People need to make their money and uh, need to kind of have their livelihoods, you know, dependent upon certain aspects of the weather. But I uh, I man, when it gets warm, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> I just am. I love the warm man. Love the warm, big time. Uh, the on KNBR, which is a big radio station out in uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, Nick Bosa was on, and he had this to say about Jordan Love. He said Jordan Love is quote a quarterback a quarterback who does exactly what he's coached to do. Aaron Rodgers, he's a Hall of Famer and unbelievable, but he kind of went outside of the realm of coaching. <laughs> That's an understatement. And sometimes it's good when you have a guy who does just what he's coached to do, run the play the way it's designed. Uh, and then he goes on from there, and he said that uh, we definitely need to stop the run. I don't think many teams have made a, made him, meaning Jordan Love, uncomfortable yet. So stopping the run and covering up those easy open guys is going to be something we're going to have to do. Now, the Cowboys certainly didn't make Love uncomfortable at all last weekend. Uh, he was 16-21, to 21, and that was it. That's all they needed for 272 yards and three touchdowns because they were able to run the ball so well. But not being able to stop the run at all didn't, uh, didn't help. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, 21 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns, and Love went six for eight for 107 yards and two touchdowns on play action. 
Uh, the Niners, big time, uh, as they say, need to do a better job of keeping Jones from ripping off the big chunk gains and getting pressure on Love in the pocket to force him into mistakes. So, you know, Nick Bose is basically saying, look, this guy just runs the play. The play is designed to work, and he just runs the play. Aaron, while he's a Hall of Famer, and everybody always qualifies that. They don't want to offend him. It's like, Aaron's a Hall of Famer. But, you know, sometimes when you just run the damn play or throw the damn ball to where, where it's supposed to go to, plays actually work. There's no play. And, and I, I remember going back to Mike McCarthy, even talking years and years and years ago to Ray Rhodes about this. And one of the things that I'd asked specifically was, you know, so on this particular play, this did not work. And can, can explain to me why. And I remember Ray Rhodes sitting down you know, when I first came to town. And Ray Rhodes said, we don't design plays to fail. No coach ever designs a play to fail. And then you go down the road and you talk to Mike McCarthy. And McCarthy basically echoed the same sentiment. I mean, no, no coach designs a play for a two-yard gain or a two-yard loss. Every play is designed to work, to get you chunks, whether it's five yards. Most plays are designed either via the run and the running back to get you four yards or more because if you get four yards on three straight plays, then you have picked yourself up a first down and you're going to live to fight another day. That's what every play is designed to do. So when you just run the play the way it's designed, it's amazing how that works. It's amazing how you can just take what the defense gives you, move the sticks, and live to fight another day. And that was something that, at times, Rodgers became, became enamored with. Instead of being on script, he would go off script looking for the downfield, the chunk plays, and more so the highlight reel. And Bose is saying, no, this guy just runs it the way it's written, and he runs it really, really well. So Bosa said they got to make him feel uncomfortable. In other words, their effort is going to be to stop Aaron Jones, stop the run, and they've got more of the horses to do it up front. But stopping the run and doing it and and getting that done and then making Jordan Love uncomfortable in the pass game. That's that's their philosophy coming into this contest. 877-867-1670, which is, again, master of the obvious, but everybody knows it's coming, and they really haven't been able to do it consistently. You know? It, they really haven't been able to do it consistently when it comes to making Jordan Love uncomfortable. And I can't remember the last time Jordan Love looked to be just running for his life. Early on in the season, the offensive line was a little bit of a mess. And then they started that, you know, replacing guys and, and creating competition and moving guys all over the place. And while at first you look at it and you go, boy, they didn't really have a left tackle. They, and then Rashid, Rashid Walker just kind of solidified himself in that spot. Zach Tom solidified himself on the opposite side. And as we t- heard from John Runyon earlier this week after the game on, on Sunday, you, your Saturday, you started he- hearing – or Sunday, you start hearing more and more about how they're – they're on the same page. They're all familiar. Everybody's played different positions, so they all know what they're supposed to do. And so it's uh, it's it's really kind of gotten better up front. So we'll see. Uh, it's going to be a monumental task. And I I don't I don't want to get out over my skis on this. Uh, I had two or three people that got a hold of me yesterday that said, "Hey, if they win this game, they're going to the Super Bowl." And I said, "You got to slow your roll." 
If they win this game, they will have beaten what is considered to be the best team in the NFC. I don't deny that. I don't deny that. But earlier this year, while they beat beat Detroit, they also were beaten by Detroit. Earlier this year, they made Baker Mayfield look like Johnny Unitas. So both of these teams that they then could face have beaten them already. They both have beaten them already. And they beat them when they beat them. They beat them quite handily. So I don't, uh, I, I don't put anything past anybody. You don't take it for granted that they're just all of a sudden off to Las Vegas. But wouldn't that be wild? Wouldn't that be wild if, you know, Grant, your first year heading to us to, with us to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden, uh, oh, by the way, the Green Bay Packers would be there too. It would work out pretty well. <laughs> Things just work out you for know? me sometimes. Uh, what can I say? I, look, I right? talked to some callers during my show last night, and I don't want to say that all, all of a sudden I expect the Packers to, to make the Super Bowl and my expectations have changed. I, I still think very much of this team is ahead of schedule, and they are playing with a little bit of house money. But, yeah. Bill, who knows? You might never – What's the Fleetwood Mac song? We might never pass this way again or come this way again. Right. You don't know, right? We thought uh, the Cowboys in 2016 when Dak and Zeke were rookies and the Packers got them, everyone thought, okay, but the Cowboys, they'll be back. They're just getting started. Eh, we don't know. Like, if the Packers win this weekend, they're in the final four. I, I don't think we should minimize this opportunity just because they, no. they got here earlier than we thought they would. You don't want to waste right. this. Yep, I completely agree. Now, this one is from uh, Mark, and Mark said, hey, Bill, uh, was this the most significant playoff win for the Green Bay Packers? And my, my argument for that, for that win in Dallas is, first of all, we're very much prisoners of the moment. And we tend to over, you know, it's kind of like Mike Greenberg on Get Up. Everything is the play of the century, the play of the month, the play of the year. It's like, just shut up. Okay. You're like uh, Fox News or CNN or whatever when they started running the breaking news crawls. And it was breaking news from two days ago. It, it was just finally, it just became white noise. It was no longer meaningful in any way, shape, or form. So, no, I'm not going to go there. But it was significant because it didn't have the name of Favre or Rodgers attached to it. That's the significance. But they've had big wins. The last time they won in Dallas was a big win, putting them in an NFC Championship game. Beating the Rams, putting them in an NFC Championship game, that was a big win. I mean, there was a lot of big – I mean, you could say uh, a big playoff win, yeah, you know, because it was so surprising as as an underdog. Um, but now, you know, I remember, I remember the last time we went to Dallas and Aaron Rodgers had the ailing calf, and that team had no business even being in that game. They really didn't. I just remember they were so beat up, and we're all looking at each other like, maybe if Rodgers gets hot or a few guys make some plays, but you know, we just just nobody was really believing they should win. And I remember the feeling coming out of, out of that game like, oh, my God, what did we just see? You know, this is incredible. And then you saw that team come back down to earth against the Atlanta Falcons when they just got dump trucked in the NFC Championship game. You know, um, I, I, there's just so many big wins that they've had. And I mean, you know, you talk about a significant win. It may not have been a playoff win, but the win on Thanksgiving Day this year, that was huge. They weren't expected to do that. Beating Kansas City, that was huge. They weren't expected to do that. So 
And you could tell by the amount of people that tuned in because of the following the Packers have, the fact that they were on national TV. But everybody went, are you kidding me? This is incredible watching what they did. So there's significant wins that they've had, but I don't know if this is the most. If you want to rank it, I guess you could probably say it's a significant playoff win in something, you know, whatever. But each one stands on its own because they're all significant in some way, shape, or form. The reason being is is because every playoff win sends you on to the next level. Because if they win this game against San Francisco, this will be the most significant postseason win in a long time, maybe more than a decade. Probably since they won. Probably since they won in Chicago to put themselves into a Super Bowl. This will be that kind of a win. And the reason being is, is because this is by far the best team in the NFC. This is a team that just shocked the world by going to Dallas and winning. But the team that you're about to face, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. The only thing that we heard from Michael Silver yesterday, the only thing they don't do very well at times is tackle. Other than that, they're everywhere. They've got great offensive weaponry. They've got two and three wideouts. They've got an incredible tight end, good run game, good offensive line, and a quarterback that manages it all. On the defensive side of the football, they've got interior and exterior linemen. They've got really good linebacking play. Where they could be maybe a little susceptible is downfield because you've got probably more wideouts than they can cover, but they're still an incredible football team. And their head coach has gotten the best of our head coach the last three straight times in the postseason in significant ways. So if they win this week, that will be the most significant win in more than a decade in the postseason. That I'll go along with. But I don't know if I can go along with this being the most significant win because they knocked off the Dallas Cowboys. But it's... It'll be big, nonetheless. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Uh, yeah, you can always check us out by uh, watching over on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Twitch TV, on Kick TV. So many different facets. Track us down. We certainly appreciate, when, appreciate it when you do. More- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. All over the place today. Covering the uh, Green Bay Packers getting ready to take on the 49ers. Got our buddy Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, now joining us on the hotline. We're going to talk with him about uh, this Bucks team. And uh, they finally get a little Dame time win the other night. Uh, Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good, Bill. I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, a heck of a heck of a way to, to end a Packers uh, upset road win is, you know, maybe some revelry slip. Oh, what's going on in the Bucks game? You turn on, you see Damian Lillard hit his first game winner for the Bucks. It was a heck of a heck of a Sunday. Did it at home. Place goes crazy. Great, great feel. They're on uh, on national TV tonight in Cleveland. So, you know, ever since we started talking about, well, is there a possibility that Griffin could lose his job? And, you know, what does he need to do to kind of hang on to it? It seems like things are starting to fall apart. And then they absolutely, now don't get me wrong, they ended up pulling their starters at halftime, but they dominated and beat the actual crap 
out of the Boston Celtics. I sat down at Calderon Club and watched that game that night, and I was just stunned by everything that they were doing so right and so well. So what's the turnaround? I know Boston was coming off of a, a night before in which they went to overtime, and then they had to get into the city, and they were tired and such. But what's been this turnaround lately? Look, Bill, you know, it's it's sort of the same thing for, for this Bucks team. I mean, they got up, and they were ready to play Boston. You know, they, they – I, they wouldn't say they were embarrassed per se by falling down 20, you know, in that November game at TD garden, obviously they made a late rally, uh, but I, no doubt they felt a certain way about that performance and, and wanted to be better. Clearly, you know, they had not played well at the very start of this year. So I think there was definitely a, Hey, you know, need to need to show something here. And they did. And yeah, look, uh, NBA games have, have back to backs and, and that is what it is. I think, um, Boston easily could have come in and played well. And, and look, the, the Bucks took it to them and made Joe Bazula call it an early night. Um, and then, you know, to beat, uh, you know, a Warriors team that, that you know, again, is, is sort of young. Without Steph Curry, you know, the Bucks maybe took the foot off the gas a little bit, Bill, on that one. Um, you know, Greenfield's own Brandon Pozemski has a great game in his first start at home. Um, and then that Kings game, which, look, the Kings – they're a good team. They're a playoff team. Uh, play a different kind of style, and and give the Bucks credit for for stringing together some wins here, Bill. And I think, look, I think they were. I don't want to say again embarrassed, but I, I the, the start the way the year the way they did just didn't sit right. And I think they knew they weren't playing good basketball. It had nothing to do with the coach, in my opinion, Bill. I think it was really more them. Dame, you know, misses a game for personal reasons, comebacks, hit that shot. Um, I think it's just a matter of this team, you know, finding a little bit of pride that Giannis said they were maybe missing in Houston and, and stringing some wins together. So uh, over the last, you know, uh, uh, over the last, uh, what is it, uh, I think three games or something to that extent, they're averaging like 134 points a game. I mean, they're they're just going off. I mean, offensively, are they just hitting shots now, or is there something different offensively? Because prior to that, they were scoring points, but not as consistently as high numbers like they have over the last three between the Kings, the Warriors, and the Celtics. Yeah, look, Bill, I mean, it's, it's a, a couple of things. I mean, one, it's just the continued chemistry um, of that starting five, and let's Let's be honest. I mean, it is the starting five that's sort of pushing that. The bench has had its its offensive issues, you know, ebbs and flows, if you will. Um, Chris Middleton, you know, playing 30 minutes a game with Dame and Giannis. Um, Malik Beasley, Bill, uh, making his case for an all-star appearance as a three-point specialist. I mean, Bill, he's this last month, Malik Beasley's making 54% of his threes. I mean, that's insane. Um, right. <laughs> and I think 48% of the season. So yes, to yes, on one hand, you're right. They're making shots, but I think you're seeing how, just how explosive a Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton offense can be, uh, with, Oh, by the way, Brooke Lopez hitting his corner threes and occasional jump hooks. Um, I think it's that, I think it's just their time together. Um, and, and just a, a growing comfort level in where, they all feel they need to be, you know, spacing wise. And I don't want to say whose turn is it, but you're seeing some of that. Like Chris becomes more aggressive when he's bridging the gap between Giannis and Dame. You're seeing Giannis and Dame finding more of a rhythm with who is sort of 
taking the lead in certain possessions and otherwise. So, yeah, Bill, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, tell me, was there, you know, I, I, how do I put this? It seems like there is a little bit more concerted effort to play defense. I don't want to say they're playing it great. I don't want to say that they're crashing the boards because I still can watch a shot go up and I see four guys running to the opposite end of the floor. But it seems like whatever was being said or swirling around outside the team, did something like that leak inside to say, hey, we're almost in embarrassment at this point? Um, I, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily the external stuff there, Bill, because I think internally they were unhappy. Um and whether it be Giannis and Chris sort of taking that lead with some of their comments, you know, right around the turn of the year. Um, and even, you know, Damian for his, his, you know, uh, credit, you know, we, we're not going to say Damian Lillard's a, a great defensive stopper here, but, you know, I think him and Beasley are, are giving it, you know, a real effort. And look, I, I know listeners are, are going to say, wait a minute, you know, we're, we're watching these guys stand around and get beat. Malik Beasley and Damian Lillard play offense. <laughs> they just need to try on defense. And I think you are seeing, you mentioned the concerted effort. They are, they have bought in, Bill. I mean, I, you know, I know you t- we've talked about Adrian Griffin at times, but these guys play hard for him. And it's just a matter of how long they do that for and maybe when they do that. Um, look, overtime in the fourth quarter against the Kings, they, they blow a 12-point lead. And it's fair to wonder, hey, where's the D? Uh, they go down six in overtime, two minutes left, and guess what? The Kings don't score. They miss a couple free throws, and the Bucks win. Well, there's some defense with guys playing over 40 minutes. So, yeah, Bill, I think it's more of a – it is a pride thing, and I think it's these guys trying to, to stretch out that effort, you know, for more than just, you know, four or five minutes at a time. Did Adrian Griffin with that win over the Celtics save his job? Because had it ended up – I remember last year watching – the Bucs and the Celtics at the five serve, and the Celtics just blew the doors off of the Bucs. And I kept thinking to myself, man, if that happens again, could we really be hearing the roar of it's time for Adrian Griffin to go, that they turned over a veteran team that's ready to win a championship to a rookie head coach that he may end up really hearing uh, from the inside, not the outside, but from the inside, that it's time to make a change. Did that game, in essence, save his job, do you think? Uh, I don't think it was that serious in-house I mean I, I'm sure I mean it, the Packers have taken a little bit of a spotlight off of you know the the some of that I think you know with the fan base the overall Wisconsin fan base bill but I do think uh, another loss to Boston depending you know if it would have went really poorly um, would have ratcheted that up on a more national level I, I just don't think in-house um, there would have been that sort of moving and shaking from ownership to John Horst. Uh, I, I don't think the players, you know, in particular Giannis, I mean, let's be real. Uh, Giannis is a decision maker in this organization, Bill. Um, and I, I don't think he would have bailed, you know, on this. That's just not his nature in season, Bill. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that's the thing I think for uh, fans and locally, Bill, that maybe on the national level people might not get is Giannis, yeah, Giannis doesn't really operate that way, and he doesn't give up or quit. Look, off-seasons, off-seasons, and conversations for that are, are different. But in-season, Bill, when have you known? When have you known Giannis, even when he's been unhappy uh, or potentially unhappy, to 
to not give full effort, right, or to not right, support right. his team to play well. Even when Jason Kidd was fired, Bill, he was fired because, you know, ownership said, well, we're underachieving, and, and yeah, the team made the playoffs with Joe Prunty. But I, I don't know if they wouldn't have made the playoffs with Jason. Right. You know, that ran its course, but that was after several years, Bill. So, I, no, I, I don't think it was that serious, that Boston game. Um, but I think for sure, though, the talking heads, and I mean, that would have, on that national level, would have really, <laughs> really taken off. I'm not saying it's the Cavalry, but I, I got to tell you, every time you and I talk, I get anxious for when Jay Crowder is able to return. <laughs> Just to see what he brings to the table. You know what I mean? Because he was, yep. I don't think he was ever used right last year, and I understand you know, he's going to be coming back. He's going to be rusty. It's going to take him a while. But I, I hope that he's kind of like getting a free agent pickup or getting a trade just by his presence and him coming back to add something to this team because you know he's going to want to prove something. So I, I'm kind of anxious for when he comes back. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think, look, Bill, he's – I mean, that's that night's tonight. You know, he's going to get some minutes tonight here in Cleveland. Um, you know, he, he's going to be on a minute restriction for, right. uh, you know, however long. Um, but I I – I agree with you. I mean, look, when he got hurt, that was just the ninth game of the year. You know, there was, I mean, you want to talk about Adrian Griffin and changes. I mean, that was so new. I mean, they, they totally revamped the defense after just four games. And, and so this offense, as we just talked about, is way different. Jay was hitting 50% of his threes at that point. Um, I, I think, I, I don't think you're that far off on that, Bill, where, where they've got from now till the trade deadline, February, you know, 10th, February 8th, excuse me, um, where they can see where Jay fits and how a healthy Jay Crowder looks um, and what he can do, particularly defensively. You're right, Bill. I, I think this is, um, I think the Bucks, I'm sure, are hoping that, you know, this surgery has him healthy. He looks great. Um, and we'll see how, how, how well he moves. And, and maybe, you know, he is sort of that missing piece. And, and if John Horst does have to make a move in a few weeks here, it's maybe not as drastic as, as maybe people think. Jim, always good stuff. Look forward to it tonight and the rest of the week, and then we'll talk again next week, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Talk to you then. All right, bud. Talk to you later. There you go. Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, joining us for a couple of minutes. Jay Crowder coming back. I'm excited. I Since he's been down, I've just kind of like, this is that – mid-season pickup and let's see what he brings now he's not fully back when it comes to uh, his minutes as you just heard but when he's fully back I'm just I'm anxious I'm anxious to see what he can do and see what he's going to contribute with this team and find his way into the rotation 877-867-1670 you want to hit us up feel free to go ahead and do so 877-867-1670 when we come back you are going to hear Bosa's comments the ones that I read a little bit earlier you're going to actually hear those so that way you'll hear him for yourself when he talks about Jordan Love so I want you to hear that coming out of KNBR Radio in San Francisco. Uh, our buddy at Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. I think Dwayne and uh, Dwayne and his uh, you know, significant other, Amy, are going to be joining us uh, up in um, Tomahawk coming up on Saturday night. We go up for the watch party. But in the meantime, if you've got something, whether it's a boat cover, an awning out in front of your business, um, you know, different office furniture that maybe you need to re- recover, refurbish. Uh, you've got uh, gym equipment if you're floating around out there. Maybe you've got a whole dinette set. You want to get all the, the chairs recovered or reupholed. Whatever it may be, he can do it. He can do it, and he does it better than anybody. That's where I took the RV. That's where I took my boat. I've had numerous things done there, and they all come back looking like brand freaking new. And I'll say this, too. It's, it, it weathers the storm. 
It's not like you get it back and it looks like new and then you sit on it and it tears open again. Nay, nay. Even the uh, the leather work that's been done looks like brand new and does not re-tear. Doesn't stretch, tear, fade, whatever. It's it's great. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Call him up in Wausau, 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. Again, 875-870-2119. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Tonight, tonight's tonight. Tonight's tonight. Robert Specialty Meets going to do that tonight. You betcha. You betcha. Got a little running around to do. Doing a lot of renewals and such and uh, seeing a few friends. But uh, tonight, heading down to Robert's, grabbing a little grub, coming back, cooking it up, getting it ready. And then we've got the huddle tonight, 6 to 8 on uh, many of these same stations. But uh, we're going to make uh, tonight part of the routine is going to be Robert Specialty Meats down in Waukesha. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. And, uh, well, maybe this weekend you're going to be saying, I'm going to hunker down, or maybe you're going to throw a party at the house, whether it's everything from chicken wings. They do crab legs. They got crab legs and seafood down there as well. But your hometown butcher has the steaks, the Al Capone roasts, the sausages, the bacon wrap fillets. The ribs on a stick, the garlic parm, the garlic parm chicken skewers. I mean, so many good things they do and hand make right there. That's the reason they are your hometown butcher on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Go to Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That's Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. Good stuff. Um, this was uh, was Nick Bosa talking about uh, Jordan Love, the comparison between him and uh, Aaron Rodgers, and why uh, Jordan Love is good and what they need to do to slow down Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Here's Bosa. What Kyle talks about is is the whole team has improved throughout the entire season. They've gotten a lot of guys healthy, and, and they have a lot of the same guys from the past really good teams they've had, and um, a quarterback who does exactly what he's coached to do, which... Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and unbelievable, but he kind of went outside of the realm of, of coaching. And and uh, sometimes it's it's good when you have a guy who, who does what he's coached to do. So there you go. It's sometimes good when a guy just does what he's supposed to do. There you go. So when uh, he talks about, you know, Jordan Love being a guy, he's not like a game manager, so to speak. You know what I mean? Not the game manager. But – He's 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 solid. He's solid. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is from Mark. Mark says, I believe that Jordan Love is going to shock the world again. He seems to be unflappable. Thoughts? Uh, what you, he doesn't seem to get too high or too low. The thing with Rodgers, 
in, in the comparison. I don't want to go too deep into this, but this is this is this is true. Rogers spent so much time trying to convince you that the outside world was white noise and didn't matter, but yet recited everything everybody said. Do you know what I mean? He, he it's it's the old adage of thou protest too much is the one that actually is guilty of the sin. That's kind of the way it was with Aaron. You don't hear all that crap with Jordan Love. He talks about, you know, eh, you know, quieting the outside noise, but I think he doesn't it, it doesn't get under his skin the way it did Rogers. It 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 just doesn't. It doesn't get under his skin in that same way. So I that's why I think that that love is different. Now I don't know if he's going to have the same. Rogers has this this IQ that is like crazy stupid when it comes to football vernacular. Okay, but Rogers, I th- this is just me. I have nothing to back this up. Just my opinion being around him for a lot of years, just just my thought. Rodgers, I got the sense at times that Rodgers in-game cared about what people said. That if he didn't throw for 300 yards, then it was a, a game manager's performance. If he didn't do something spectacular like Favre always did, then he wasn't the same quarterback. He wasn't on the same level. I mean, I, I when when adversity hit, Rodgers didn't handle it real well at times. There were times, like, look, early on in his career, Aaron Rodgers brought that team back numerous times only to watch the defense give it away. You can't ever take that away from him. People wanted to always give it. And I defended his record for a long time, and I still do, because the numbers are the numbers. But... I don't think Jordan Love. I, I know he cares, but I, that the outside window that is opened when you hear the noise, that doesn't seep in. At least it doesn't yet. And when you go to what Nick Bosa had to say, it's just he's just going out there running the offense. He's just concentrating on playing the best he can do. When it comes to running the Matt LaFleur offense, when it comes to running the plays that are called, when it comes to going through his reads and hitting the open man, he's not playing favorites. There's guys that he likes. There's guys that he he relies upon, but he doesn't force feed those guys to to say that guy's on the same page with me and these guys have to have to come up to my level. He just runs the damn play. And it doesn't work because if you run the play and you win and the numbers start to kind of stack up with them, you know, along the way, who, you're still going to get the accolades. High tide raises all ships and victories are the best performance at all of all. It doesn't matter how you get there. You know, I'm sure Trent Dilfer, I'm sure Joe Flacco don't give a damn about what people say about him because they're still sitting there as Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Hey, kiss the ring, baby. That's that's it, right? So that's why I think Jordan Love, I don't want to say unflappable, but he hasn't worried about the other crap. He's just worried about what's in front of him. 
Does that hopefully that make does, does that make sense, Grant? Am, am I am like am, or am I like meandering down a path of stupidity here? No, I, I I think what you're saying is totally true. There is no real expectation or pressure on Jordan Love right now. That's that's the thing. I think towards the end of Rodgers Packers career, he had the weight of all of their playoff shortcomings on his shoulders every time he ran out onto the field. So like in 2019, he wasn't just playing to win in 2019. He was playing to make good on the team's previous failures in 2014, 2015, 2016. I think it just piled up. So I don't know that Rodgers was uh, maybe more prone than other quarterbacks to feeling outside pressure. He just had so much of it because they had so many playoff shortcomings over the years. And Love, he hasn't had a chance to win or lose or build up any kind of expectation or pressure yet. He had a lot of that, but also he brought a lot of that on himself because of the ego if you will, because of the perception. I mean, he granted, he played great with chips on his shoulder, and that's what drove him, and you wanted that. But, I mean, you look to where he was then to where he is now, it's like he's not even the same person. It's like the whole outside world that he says he never listens to is all he listens to. So, and, and that became obvious going back even to the RELAX. You know, he was hearing the outside world, which is the reason he said relax. But then in the same sentence, he'll turn around and go, I don't listen to any of that. Yes, you do. You listen to every damn word of it. And you take every bit that's said about you, put it on your shoulders, and you start to keep the the mental Rolodex of people who you do and don't like anymore. And, yes, he spent a lot of energy on the outside world. I don't think love does that. I don't think he – it's not that he doesn't care. I just don't think that he has time for that. Rogers it's about just getting on the same page with his guys. Rogers does read everything, and he does he does pay yes. attention. So oh, he yes. he invites some of that in. He listens and pays yes. attention to the outside noise, even though the outside noise might not be his fault. He certainly paid attention to it yep. more than maybe he needed to. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Stick around. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Uh, again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Hey, our friends over at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake, reminding you they've got bingo, they've got different events going on over there, just to kind of keep you busy through the uh, the colder months. And uh, you can start to watch the shanties being drug out on the lake over there, Pewaukee Lake, because it's right up against it. And uh, come summertime, then you can watch all the open water and watch the sunset just beyond the end of the lake and the horizon there. It's a great place to go. Big wine selection. Tell Sarah and the whole staff we say hi and wish them nothing but the best. And uh, say hi to our friends over at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. you back bill michael show we continue on hey our friends at steel tank brewing road ruck lane in oconomowoc i'm stopping out there today after the show i've been craving the italian bomber out there and i want to pick one of those up uh that's going to be actually for tomorrow but i can't make it out there tomorrow so i'm going to pick that up today that's going to be a lunch tomorrow but i'm going to swing by and say hi to uh, dave and uh, the entire staff they're back open on tuesdays through sundays they're open for lunch and rally point is a huge music venue that they just built 
And I, I haven't even had a chance to take a look at it. Every time it's been open on the weekends, we've had uh, weekends that have been packed. So this is my first opportunity to go see it a little bit. But uh, Steel Tank Brewing Company, Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc. And it, it, when I get out there, I'll shoot a, a video. Shoot you a video so you can take a look at it. Man, it's just it looks to be just beautiful. But uh, just keep following them over on Facebook, their social media and such. Steel Tank Brewing Company, they are veteran-owned, locally-owned. And uh, Rally Point, uh, part of Steel Tank uh, in the back uh, where the big music venue is. And that thing is just cranking. And I've heard nothing but rave reviews about it. So check out our friends at Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc, right off of Roebrook Lane behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. So you can't miss it. Can't miss it. 877-867-1670. Pac-Man says Italian Bomber. The Italian Bomber. I'm going to Roberts, but I, I got to swing by Steel Tank anyway. But I'm going to pick up the Italian bar because I can't get out there tomorrow. I have meetings tomorrow, so I am locked in Zoom meetings all day. I could flip flop it. I could do the Italian sandwich today and do the Roberts tomorrow. But either way, I got to get out. So heck yes, I'm going to going to do all of that over the next couple of days. Trying to eat a little bit healthier too. So burning off the calories down in the gym in the afternoon. I'm working out in the morning. Uh, I went to the gym the, this morning, and then I'll do the home gym this evening before we go on the air at 6 o'clock tonight. So 6 to 8, don't forget tonight we have the uh, Bill Michaels huddle coming up. And then, for those wondering, we're going to be heading to the Northwoods and cannot wait for it. Can't wait for it. We're going to be heading to the Northwoods on Saturday. And we're going to be up at the Loophole Bar, the Loophole Bar, which is right on uh, County Road L, just above Tomahawk. And we're going to be there for the uh, for the uh, Green and Gold Watch Party coming up. Packers, 49ers coming up on Saturday night. And then the Green and Gold postgame show is going to emanate live from there on Saturday night as well, from 10 to midnight on many of these network stations. So uh, we're going to go on probably before the game actually ends, but uh, we're going we're gonna to be bringing it all to you. So make sure you tune everything, whatever it happens to be, to us uh, immediately following the game on Saturday night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, uh, go ahead and do so. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to join us coming up in, in about three minutes. So stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. We'll start to roll around the rest of the playoffs. We'll look at what the Packers have done because I'm sure he's very surprised, just like everybody was, that the Packers pulled off such an upset. Uh, but that being said, uh, we'll also talk with him about the upcoming game with the 49ers, the games this weekend, the coaching carousel that continues on. Uh, nothing yet out of Dallas, nothing yet out of Dallas. So, uh, Hey, by the way, I meant to ask you, you something, uh, Grant, have you seen a video going around of Jerry Jones being interviewed after the game? <laughs> Which one? Just the, the normal, uh, after the game interview, I saw it. Did something happen that I missed? That was, I was the eyes watery, crying, lip quivering. Was that real or is that animated? Uh, I don't know. He's just old. So maybe that was part well, of it. it. I didn't it, notice it that. It looked like he was getting ready to break down. So if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I thought it was animated because I don't remember seeing that that live that night. And from what I saw on some of the uh, the television reports, unless that was like him with a local reporter or something after the game, I thought it was animated. So, it, but But there's a, a video on social media floating around, and it's him – teary-eyed, eyes are very red, his lips are quivering, he can barely talk, but I don't know if that is real or if that is, is you know, as they say, part of the uh, fictitious world of, uh, of the Internet. I thought it was animated. I did not think it was real. Uh, so, I, you know, some people are saying Joe says that was animated. I thought it was, 
but I I couldn't honestly tell. I, I thought it was fake, but it's all over, all over the place. And if you look at it, you're like, wow, was he really that upset? Was he was he crying? But I, I thought it was fake. So, uh, but I just wanted to ask because people keep sending it to me, going, "Did you see this?" And I'm like, I don't think that's real. I think that's fake. So. It goes back to the old adage of you can't believe everything you read on the internet or see on the internet. It is what it is, you know? Uh, Steven says they use it at basketball games on the Jumbotron. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to be joining us. I I love it when I ask a question and everybody out there knows it. You're you're just awesome. You kind of validate me sometimes, and I appreciate that, that I'm not completely crazy. Love it. Love it. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. He's going to be joining us. That is coming up next.